November 1, 2021. It's what for Pedro show.
Pedro's right show started off. Oh, right happy back Monday. at you. <laughs> happy first of November, actually. And uh, Day of the Dead, huh? And Day of the Dead. Right exactly. By October. You could tell I ain't man alone because you might be hearing some other voice. But we start off the show with John Coltrane, this live in Seattle thing that just came out last week. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I've been meaning to hear it. I was like, wow, this is like great news that this thing's come out with Pharaoh on it and everything. Right. Are you have you uh, been listening to it quite a bit or you at least heard it? Uh, I'll get to it in just a sec. Interlude number three, which cause there's, <laughs> there's four interludes, you know, Love Supreme has four parts to it. And they have these things they call interludes. Right. I don't know why, because the original recording just had the four parts in like the interludes are like the bass solos the drum solos jimmy garrison Elvin yeah. Jones. they're joined by a, another bass player donald garrett cat uh, i mean i wonder if he even knew the the the, the piece you know because it only had been out a year or something and after that we had bill mckay with aster uh which probably could tell i'm not man alone because of those estonian software engineers their skype invention i got bill mckay uh, <laughs> from chicago right yeah well I'm, i've been here like 20 years with my wife um but we're both from pittsburgh originally you know we've rambled around you know boston and uh, uh portland oregon and, and denver and stuff but yeah we've been here like 20 years so okay I'm kind of, kind and uh, of, you're, you're asking about this 1965 <laughs> october 2nd recording of love supreme at the penthouse in seattle washington exactly uh, yeah 77 minutes right 34 minutes longer than the original i got it in the mail a week ago wow. friday and i played it 15 times straight through so about 18 hours now some of those i was caught what? of course because <laughs> i'm not superman anyway it's beautiful it's, it's got some it's a trippy thing and then great also the little book with lewis porter who wrote you know great bio on him and it's also part of the john coltrane reference book big thing ah. thing with all his gigs and sessions and but i want to bill i want to get into your uh journey through music that. now uh we got to give yeah. stevie bono credit for the connect thank you brother stevie bill yeah. please bring yeah. your earliest musical recollection uh earliest musical recollection let's see uh well i let's see i think one of the earliest ones that i remember off the Right off the bat, or they're conflicting, but around certain years. But I remember going to see, well, probably, you know, it was my dad playing trumpet around the house, I would say. That's probably the first thing. And then, you know, followed by going to a uh, going to a reunion of his, like his college reunion, his law school or something, and being quite little still. And, uh, you know, hearing like the got to get you into my life, like Beatles in a bar that we stopped at for a beer. And then uh, so there's a few of those you know, those things like he was a big jazz guy. So we went to see Stan Kenton, who he, he liked that orchestra a lot. And uh, and we went to see them when I was, you know, probably eight or something, six or eight. And uh, so it was a bit. That's it was probably a lot. one of uh, your first gigs that you saw, right? What's that? Stan Kenton was probably the first live music you saw. It was one of the early ones. Yeah. And, before and your pop was a musician, but. You said mm -hmm. something about law too, so maybe more of a amateur musician, or what? Or was he professional? Yeah, yeah, he was more of like a, a major music fan and like an amateur. Yeah, he uh, he had one point taken lessons. I think it, early on he had some aspirations to play jazz and stuff, but uh, he had more of a classical tone because I guess he had studied with the principal trumpeter of the Cleveland uh, Orchestra, where he was from, and. Uh, so he um, never quite acquired like a jazz sound, um, but uh, he was, you know, he he and my mom both actually to give them both credit were always like 100 percent behind um, 
you know, my, uh, my aspirations, you know, musically and artistically. So, yeah, but you didn't uh, end up on trumpet, but there was a trumpet at the pad. Was there other instruments where you grew up? Yeah, there were, yeah, there was a, there was a piano in the house for a while. And then, uh, you know, my brother picked up the trumpet too. And my mom did some singing and stuff, but yeah, with some, you know, I, I quickly became the main instrument uh, holder. <laughs> did you jump on house. that piano? Did you jump yeah. on that fucking trumpet? <laughs> I didn't jump on the trumpet. I think I tried, you know, yeah. I couldn't get much out of it because, you know, with the embouchure and stuff, sure, it's tough sure. as a youngster, but uh, the piano for sure. And, uh, you know, just picking out things here and there. And I'm, I'm a okay pianist. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's a great instrument for writing. Did, did stuff. You, the one did you have uh, some people, yeah. it almost chased them away from music, but the ordeal of the piano yeah. lessons, did you have that? No, not at all. No. And the guitar lessons, I actually begged my parents to get me the guitar lessons. Oh, and, you did uh, have lessons. Well, here, before we get to the guitar, let me ask you about school. Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? Oh, man. You know what? A little bit like the uh, it was actually a little bit of band. But at that time, I think they 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 kind of accepted me in because I was a musician. But the band leader, uh, I didn't really get along with him and he didn't make any place for the guitar. So it was mostly weird, like a weird homeroom for me. And this band, this orchestra like would play, you know. Like it was, and you weren't allowed to play with them. I was like, I played on a couple things, but that was it, you know. So I didn't, you know, I don't even think they had an amp there. And as a kid, you know, you can't be getting an amp on the bus and all that. Well, fuck. When I was in school, there was no, there was no guitars in the bands. It was all, yeah, it was all reeds and horns. Even the drummers didn't play trap sets, right? They had a little triangle and yeah, maybe or timpani and. You know, things evolve. Other guests I've had on the show, they had full-on fucking jazz bands and rock bands. and So I, yeah. that's why I ask these questions, you know, because it's, it's always different. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you this, Bill. First oh. record you bought with your own money. Oh, man. First record I bought with my own money. That's a great question. I'm trying to think. Well, you know, now, when you're I, a kid, you ain't got a lot of money. So it's trippy. What yeah. would you spend your money on? So I think... Again, I don't mean to give these two, three answer or question answers to questions, but then again, why not? Um, there was, uh, I think, one was probably Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Beatles, and then there was one where me and my friends were at the the mall in Rochester, New York, where I lived too, uh, growing up, and and Pittsburgh later, and Pittsburgh before. But there was a uh, remember we had enough money to scrape together. We, you know, it was that thing of being three kids together. And we just wanted to buy a record. Like we wouldn't want to leave the mall without something. And so we pulled our money and I think it was like $2 93 cents or whatever and got this very strange. Um, it was like a very early double record by Alice Cooper. I don't know. I've never looked it up again, but, um, you know, we just, were going to share it. <laughs> it might've and, been his first two releases that Frank that? Zappa produced. Yeah. Pretties for you. And, uh, Easy Ooh. action. Because uh-huh. I know they were packaged together because he his breakthrough album is actually the third one. I think Frank Zappa treated him kind of like joke band or something. And then Bob Ezrin was right? more of a rock yeah. and roll, you know, producer, made rock and oh, roll. He's the Bob guy who Ezrin. did Kiss, Destroyer, and Louis Berlin and stuff like Berlin. that. Oh, and so, The Wall, too? Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, I guess I, he was part of that also. I, I don't know so much about I stopped listening to Pink Floyd after Animals. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw that tour though. That was a trip. They all. I remember That's me and my buddy great. Tone was at Anaheim Stadium, and we could see uh, each of them come in their own big stretch limousine. You know, <laughs> no we were way up at the top, right? Yeah. Way up yeah. at the top. 
And we could see <laughs> this in them. Yeah. And Tony and my buddy Tony had binoculars, so we could see that they were wearing black T-shirts. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah. What That's about? And, and then we know about your first gig because your pop uh, went and took you to see Stan Kenton, who I think at the time had the loudest jazz band. That was one of Man, their, I, their claims. Yeah, they were SoCal, I think Orange County here, and uh, they would play uh, Catalina a lot, a place they called the Casino. Oh, it wasn't gambling, right. but it was a round building. It's their, the only town Avalon. Let me ask you this. That's a trip. You How did you get stuff. on the guitar? Um, man, I think what happened was actually I was getting into, um, yeah, I remember, you know, hearing going to, I, how you do, go to hear friends and older friends, you know, and brothers of friends. Uh, playing and sisters of friends playing records and uh, I was you know getting entranced with like Kiss and stuff like that <laughs> and uh, but also like you know all this classical music at home and jazz and other stuff but the guitar you know I was like man look at this guy he's a spaceman with a Les Paul like where do you where do you sign on for that and uh, so I got uh, into the guitar from that and it was a really funny situation because I had um, the woman who sold the guitar, I think it was, a, it wasn't a Sears guitar, but it might've been at Sears. It was like a department store and I was uh, nine. So I think this was about nine, about 77 when you were at the animal show. Um, and I got the guitar and the woman who sold it to my mom, um, I think I that begged it, kind of begged her to get it for about three weeks or so, four weeks. And she's like, okay, we'll get you something. It was like $20, this little sunburst acoustic. And um, the woman who sold it to us, said, hey, if you need lessons, my husband teaches. Um, this guy is, I remember him as Mr. Clark. And so he was my first teacher. And uh, so, yeah, it just started out from there. What kind there. of stuff did he teach you? You know, it was uh, it was very rudimentary, Mike. It was uh, mostly, you know, he. I think he felt you should learn to read. So that was good, actually, you know, the notation. So it was sort of from very rudimentary books. But I would also sneak in a few tunes, kind of like I hear everybody I know teaches now. You know, everybody gives them a record and wants them to learn this right, thing. Right, right. Teach me this song, please. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't do that too much. and But uh, I I probably made him laugh or puzzled or something because I gave, I remember I gave him the, the rock and roll, Led Zeppelin rock and roll from The Song Remains the Same. So it was the live version. and um, You know the volume four one? I just What's read that? this. That's coincidence you mentioned that song. Yeah. The one off the volume four of the studios. Yeah. It's got fucking uh, Ian Stewart, the Rolling Stone piano man that the, the first manager that... wouldn't let on stage. Oh, really? You know, That's yeah, that... they had a cat. They He said That's they were too old or some shit. That's right. I remember fucking that. Asshole, look... But anyway. Because <laughs> oh, this guy they... could play his heart out, man. He was a beautiful player. And he's the guy who's right. playing the piano on that. Been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, look. Well, you I... gave me this uh, song here, Pre-California. So I want to play that. Oh, sweet.
cake? There is no cake.
Beware of the beast. Beware the beast with the giant claw. A monster from a world unknown. Unknown and unexplored. Why did they let it go? The monster claw. A monster with a giant hand. A giant hand with a giant claw. The dreaded giant claw. The dangerous, deadly, demonic, dreaded giant claw. One scratch could take your head off. And you'd be walking around with a severed head. One scratch. That's all it would take. You'd be walking around without no head. You'd look stupid without a head. That's not just me saying that. Ask anyone.
mama's tired of us now If I can't walk then I'll have to crawl And be late for your funeral again Through the snow I saw the hearse pass by Turned his ashen face away I'd be late for your funeral Chuck Music, Bill McKay. God, you know you spell your name the same as Brother Steve, uh, the sax man from Stooges. <laughs> I got to yeah. help him for 125 months. Pre-California, yeah. Bill McKay. Then we had Fifth Symphony Invocation to trigger the eruption of the Yellowstone Caldera. Less than first movement. This is from the ritual, and it's called Red Ritual Cleansing, the sentimental fence post Ocurcitra, hard to pronounce. SLW, CC Watt after that, my collab with uh, Sam Lockward, Iowa City, Cake. Uh, and then I, I found music. Uh, a week from Friday, me and my missing men are going to play the Unhinged Festival in Denton, Texas. So there's, I saw bands on the poster that we're going to share the stage with and found music. And so here it is. Wayne's Dover and the Dots, the Maze. A violent squid with speakers tickling, Sailor Poon, be nice, Drug Mountain, mind your fingers, 
Jad Fair, ask anyone. Interesting. There's a band, too, called uh, Terminator 3, but I could only find something called Terminator 2, so I don't know if that's the same band. Maybe they added a dude. <laughs> Them big boys from the old days, Austin, Texas. They, oh, yeah. Us and the Minutemen and big boys like to do funk. We got the idea from a pop group huh, in England. Fun, fun, fun. My daddy ate my eyes after that E is for ecstasy. And finally, fate. No, late for your funeral again, Bill McKay. Nathan <laughs> Balls. Okay, let's let's continue on. Now, now, now so you're, you're taking uh, Mr. Clark's giving you lessons here and stuff. And some of it's, yeah. you know, the traditional stuff. And some of it's, yeah, teach me a song. But what about yeah. after school? Not graduate, but afternoon. The garage band, basement band. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, that bedroom band. Did you do that stuff with your buddies from school? Uh, yeah, a little, yeah, later, and it was a little bit, uh, even before then, I was gonna say I had gotten electric guitar pretty soon after, you know, even just within a year or two. So I was learning tunes quickly because I got that kind of ear, I guess. And uh, I started to play these solo electric kind of concerts, you know, at my brother's parties and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a funny thing, but then, yeah, later on, um, and that was just a range of all kinds of stuff, even some originals, really early things I was just playing with. And then uh, later on, yeah, a few of the high school type bands and stuff. And I was just talking with someone about this the other day because uh, I hadn't thought of it before, but how weird those bands were where there was, uh, you know, like it was all covers. But uh, the covers made no particular sense together. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the cohesion. Right. Here's the ska yeah. song. Here's the yeah. hard rock we song. Like, here's the yeah. reggae <laughs> it was, song. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, we do like. But you know but, what? Yeah. In a way, look, you're just finding out about it. And at least you know yeah. you're trying out these different things. Because at the end of the day, right, music is music. But exactly. yeah, because part of the tribal bonding somehow is this fucked up notion of genre and shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's kind of is really beautiful because you do just sort of you know you probably learn more that way by trying that thing and because it ends up being pretty much everything people just agreed was like, okay, that's cool enough. We can do that. Like no objections. Right. right. <laughs> you know, it's like somebody's favorites and then maybe everybody likes some of it. Um, well, like but, you said, Led Zeppelin or kiss. I mean, there were some common denominators. I'm, I'm curious. So when did you start writing your own material, your, your own compositions? Man. Well, I think Mike that I might've even started, uh, like those you know, parties for your brother. Yeah, in essence, really early, almost, you know, I was playing at age nine. So I'd say by even when I was 10 or 11, I had this thing called, uh, well, it was called The Thing. And uh, it, I wish I remembered it. It was sort of a stitched together, you know, like set, one of those 17 part things, like every little bit that you've figured out, you know, of your own. Um, <laughs> and quite fun <laughs> to play it. You know, it, it, it was several minutes long or took six minutes or something. Um, it was like a mini little epic. And, right, uh, right. Yeah, so that was one of the first things. And then um, I think I was always, uh, you know, stuff was always kind of pouring out in this and that way. But um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, really have, uh, it was a, a little bit of like a, um, I was mostly, you know, playing in people's bands and stuff, friends' bands, you know, more than like leading my own band for quite a while. Just helping I think other when cats I, out, right? Taking direction. What's that? Helping other cats out, your friends out, and uh, taking direction yeah. instead of you being it, the rudder man. Totally, and trying to develop myself and figure out where I was going. And I think it was when I was about 25 when I hit Portland. That was about 93, I think. Um, 
that I was like, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of writing, but really, again, I just sort of throwing it all on four tracks and all that kind of stuff. It's still, still like a bit of a gold mine that I dive into, but um, from time to time and pull stuff out. But I was playing in a trio, which was very fun with a cat, a friend named Alex Lilly, and we were doing um, a, a, a good number of originals. And it also had this kind of blues punk spy music kind of thing. You know, it was like a rockabilly in there, too. Uh, two guitars and drums. So that was, uh, we started, you know, that was when I was no playing bass. live stuff. Yeah, no bass. I know. What the that hell? That poor, lonely kick drum. We couldn't find you. That <laughs> poor, lonely kick drum. But you're talking Portland, which ain't too far from fucking Olympia. And I know yeah. those uh, ride girls, uh, Slater right. Kimmies, they picked up from the flat duo jets, right? Right, the flat De- duo Dexter jets. Dexter and uh, I think the drummer's name was Crow, right? <laughs> I remember, well, I don't know the names, but I remember them from that Athens movie. No, I, right? I, I played gig. Minutemen, Firehose played with Flat Duo Jets. I think he does. Oh, or, yeah, I think he's a Raleigh cat or something. or Somewhere oh, somewhere just, in North Carolina. Uh, because uh, his yeah. sister was a drummer. We lost her to cancer. But she, let's oh. active with Mitch Easter and that shit. Yeah, what did you just say? Uh, let's active. She was the drummer. Dexter, the oh. guitar man for yeah. Flat Duo Jets' sister. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, but yeah. So like you're saying, there's a, there was a, uh, a background of stuff, right. Of people in that area, which is a weird area without bass. But if you get the <laughs> guitars, like said, if you get them low enough or something, and we didn't really down tune, but you know, frequency, frequency wise. <laughs> I always, you, heard, you know, the excuse that I always get is like, Oh, there's more room in the van. Okay. More room like Sonic room. No, in the van, think... like you don't have the big oh. fucking bass in, you don't have the bass player. <laughs> More room in the van. I know, is that a bullshit reason? That's silly, yeah. <laughs> Look, but we're I at think... the end of the first hour, Bill. Right, I think they're November trying to November 1, 2021 edition, Watt Pedro Show, special guest, Bill McKay. Hold tight for hour two. <laughs> So November 1, up. 2021, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro's show. Indian winter, spring, host of forgotten things, summer drew you inside. Born lodging in a place not your own, mistaking sea for home. Ma, can you tell me, please? For I burn up the leaves, this train is my sister on.
Let the hand of your queen Be never lost to thee Not lost to thee in time Ma, can you tell me please For I burn up the leaves Which chain is my killer on
for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour. Bill McKay, Birds of May. Even though we're just starting November. Use your imagination, people. Then Tevik, Friederloaf, <laughs> featuring Alien Boy with Pyramid Accord. And then Bill McKay again with Arcadia. Okay, so what was this trio called in Portland? Yeah, well, that's the that's the trouble too. No bass and no title, really. No name. <laughs> really? So, I think so. One time, you know, we were playing with names, but it was really just the you know my guy Alex was also he has um, he has a thing a long running thing in Portland still called Riot Cop, um, a group called uh, Speaking of Riot Things. Um, so he, but he uh, he was really like almost even against really playing in regular venues, you know, and I was just doing that and doing other stuff on my own. So I was like, great, we'll play parties. And it was, it was real, you know, it was a great scene. Um, so we never really developed a name. Uh, I maybe just called the tapes like, you know, McKay Lily or something like that. Um, our last names. And they, because the drummer shifted, you know, the drummer was, uh, uh, it was shifting around quite a bit. Yeah. But, uh, but it was, it was, you know, I'm thinking nowadays I got to get those tapes out, and people are always telling me they're going to degrade if I don't get them onto another format soon. But, yeah, uh, they'll fall it, apart and stuff. But yeah, because you didn't send me any of this older stuff. But that's all yeah, right. yeah. No, I didn't have that access to that. But uh, how long? But, uh, how long did you spend in Portland? Uh, I was there five years. Yeah, five years, Mike. Um, about 93 to 98. And then, you know, uh, both me and my wife, I think we're just feeling like, man, we just want to get somewhere, you know, back to like a, a bit of a more uh, urban, you know, sensory overload kind of situation. And uh, so a friend had moved to Chicago and I, I hadn't, I didn't have a lot of ideas about the, the city exactly, but I, my mom had grown up here and my parents had met here too. So, uh, so did mine. Friend, in fact, yeah, I was conceived there. I was born in Virginia, but I was conceived. There's a boot camp. My papa's a sailor. Yeah, is that yeah, right? <laughs> I wouldn't shit you, Bill. So, so, what, what, what about musically? Yeah, like musically when I got here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was that. That quickly became. I was realizing that was a really good thing because that wasn't in, in our minds too. Like a place to be, you know, have further creative explorations. You know, with a wider palette of people and situations. Um, and so one thing was that. I early on was looking to put together, you know, a more like experimental or rock oriented group um, again. And I wasn't really I've said this before, but I wasn't really finding the people, even though there's a huge tradition of that here, of course. Um, I didn't really meet, you know, meeting up with the people that I had a chemistry with. And since I could improvise and had a background in jazz and other stuff, too, I was uh, started to gravitate that way, at least at first. And and so uh it was interesting uh, times, you know, because I got into even these jam sessions, meeting people, which, you know, a lot of times rock never really has that. Or, no, you know, blues. I know. It's yeah. ridiculous. You know, there should be something more like that in a way. Absolutely. I, but, I agree with you, Bill. You know? Um, yeah. So Because it was, it was some, a, like, jive thing to sell. You know, this teenager thing was created in the 50s, right? So let's they, – they, they don't have to pay rent. They live at home. Let's sell them rock and roll. So all this yeah. kind of weird stuff, it didn't have anything to do with music in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, even though rock and roll's got good foundation of music in it, for a while there, it was a little bit jive. Yeah. Well, some mm -hmm. of it was, some of it was. And some probably always was. will be. Yeah, humans are like this. Remember, yeah. more Tutti Frutti sold by Pat Boone than Little Richard. Exactly. And they yeah, asked Little the... Richard about that, and he said, well, I think his yeah. version was for the 
living room. Mine was for the bedroom. <laughs> or a great yeah. quote. Yeah. Now you gave oh, me this. Uh, Never the last. Uh, try it on. I'm gonna play this. Okay, let's try it on.
مشاهدين من التلفزيون العربي السوري نحييكم ونبدأ معكم فترة إرسالنا لهذا اليوم خير من نستهل به برامجنا
Pedro, Pedro Show, that chunk of music start off. Bill McKay, try it on. Then we had something. This cat has got a project called Viz, V-I-Z, in uh, seven parts, and this is the first part. A veil is the whole piece. And this first part is Source. It's pretty trippy. Mephisto Halaby after that. Watch on the Orient Part 1. Now, this is the drummer man to the... Who did I have on the uh, last episode? Man, I've been doing five a week, six a week sometimes and uh, since last November. God's got a year now. And so, so I space out a little bit. Another friend of Stevie Bono's. Uh, yeah, Dan. Dan Liptock, yeah. This is his drummer man's uh, solo project. Then Head Boggle with Cynthia Synth- Robot, uh, CLF Suba with Fortnay Su Boy. Uh, sorry for ruining French language, but this is a project where they're uh, like kind of tribute to that England band TV personality. And then Angel Wings Marmalade with All, All Ice, You Around. This is from GMY. Uh, Brett Goodsight with his out of Milwaukee with his uh, great yeah. compilation, but again, a lot of Chicago people are on. Uh, Bill McKay and Katinka Klein. Klein. Yeah, Dutch name, Klein. I think. Yeah, Dutch. Yeah, it has a Dutch J in there. Right, but it's, right. Well, with the I and the J is their way of making a Y. Yeah. I've learned. I've learned a little bit. I'm slow learning. But Path to the Peak. So uh, tell me about these recordings that you flowed me, Bill. How, how, Oh, yeah. 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 There's like, well, uh, just a brief survey. You know, there's the two. Uh, I think there's stuff from both uh, Esker and um, Fountain Fire that were like the those ones were uh, are. Well, all the last five or six, you know, is, are on Drag City. And so those including those and uh, those ones are, uh, you know, uh, well, we should tell people Drag City is uh, essentially sang played everything on those. You know, there were those kind of records. Let me tell the listeners, Bill, that uh, Drag City is a great label out of Chicago that puts out pretty adventurous music. Uh, Red Crayola's recordings on there. My, my missing man guitarist, Tom Watson, so helped me out Thompson out with those. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Patina? Oh, um, that's a, oh, we think it's no, Thrill Jockey. No, that's Thrill Jockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and Tortoise. You, you probably met the Drag City people. Though, in fact, too, you know, bet. you know, a lot of Tortoise cats moved out here to SoCal, like uh, Jeff Parker. Yeah. In fact, I shared a stage with him two weeks ago. Okay. Oh, yeah. so, Great, uh, he's a pal, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and, yeah. and who else? Johnny Herndon moved Johnny, here, Johnny and uh, John McIntyre, yeah. I think, just moved up to Portland, but he was here for a little while. David Gow from uh, Jesus Legend Lives. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Montclair part. So, what was your connect with Drag City? Well, it was uh, it was really nice, Mike, because uh, basically I kind of was uh, playing, asked to play a show uh, by my my buddy Cooper from the Bitch and Bajas, which is on Drag City, and it was a uh, this was about 2016, I want to say, and uh, he said, "Hey, you want to do a couple of shows, you know, uh, with." Uh, me like you opening um because we'd become aware of each other and he'd see me play you opening uh solo and then um you know bitch and bajas is playing and then will it was will ultim was like uh the headliner i guess you call it but uh will did a set and then then he he and the bajas had a record that year that had just come out so it was like they did a set after as well the two of them together so it was a nice four set night you know and uh, we did, um, it was Chicago, a couple 
couple nights in a row, and then it was Detroit, I think, and Cleveland and Buffalo. And, uh, yeah, they saw um, some of the, I think it was, uh, yeah, Dan Kretzky, and I think a bunch of the people from Drag City um, were at the shows, of course, and then they saw me play, and, and we got talking, you know, and I mentioned I had a recording I was working on. And they said, well, we're interested, you know, to hear it. And so uh, it was real natural. It was a really beautiful moment, you know, just in time. And it kind of kind of just spread from there. And I I actually was still finishing it. So as I was getting it together, you know, I was talking with them and then and then, uh, you know, got it all to them. And there was then there was a funny period of kind of waiting to see if they were you know, interested in the whole shebang, you know, once they had it all. And uh, so. So that was a nice, you know, that was one of those golden emails that you get, right? Where it says, let's do this shit. Let's rumble. But actually, it was pretty low key, right? Talk about casual people. Billy <laughs> Prince John. Body Prince, Prince Billy? Billy. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the most <laughs> kickback dudes I've ever met in the whole fucking yeah. scene. It's like a but he's like a quiet smoldering fire, yeah. but he's, you know, he's fiery. Oh, like, he's like Jay Mascus inside his head, you know what's going on. Like holes, but outside, right? like he's wearing fucking thongs. In fact, that's why I, I started wearing fucking sandals at gigs, you know, settings and stuff. I, 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 I saw him, yeah, in, in Echo Park or, or Silver Lake, he was wearing fucking Zoris. And I was like, fuck yeah, why not? And like, cut off shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah you know what, like, though? What's, that's a beautiful story, Bill, because it wasn't like you had to jive somebody. You didn't have to fool anybody. You just did what you do. Yeah, that, that's nice you said that, Mike. That's how, that's, uh, that's how it really felt. You know, it did. It just felt like it was this meeting, you know, and we just like a, it was music. And, uh, you know, it just felt like it was real electric time, too. And like real, the nights were really charged, you know, that we were doing it. So, yeah, it felt very right and real, uh, you know, the way you kind of uh, – you know, you don't even think about it happening anymore. Right, so, right. Yeah, and it's been and it's been great. They've been because you can you know, get kind of cynical about the whole fucking showbiz trip, right? But music oh, is absolutely. music, and it's bitching. Yeah. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, November one, twenty twenty one edition of the Watt for Pedro Show special guest Bill McKay. Hold tight, fire three. <laughs> November one, twenty twenty one. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. Captivate my lies, and I must. 
would you want me to know if you were the one to recall their footprints in the snow you take aim at your prey the triumph of your tracks but so often the knife you blow ends up in your home back on the other side they seem to treat us so Thank <laughs> you. 
start off the third hour. Bill McKay, Nathan Bowles doing Truth. Then Dolomon Berger, Untitled One. Not to be confused with Untitled Two. (laughs) (laughs) And then probably the worst band name ever, but I like their tunes. Babes New York City. Change the name, guys. Yeah, you got to change the name. Baby No More. And Ray (laughs) Shin with Sand Tables. And finally Bill McKay by himself. Dragon Country. Okay, so some of these uh, collabs, wow. like Nathan Bowles, you said this is one you like this. Yeah, Nathan, that's the most recent one, and then yeah, the one with Katinka Stir is from nineteen two thousand nineteen. Yeah, well, this one. Well, we Nathan. had another one that you did with Nathan in the first hour about late for your own funeral again. Yeah, right. That's from this this uh, latest record too. Okay. Yeah, okay. that record called Keys. Yeah, they're all they're. The collabs have been really, uh, really different. But uh, how'd you meet Nate? Oh man, Nate, we met through. Um, we met first at uh, when he was playing drums with Steve Gunn, and then uh, we went. Uh, Steve Gunn's going to be on the show soon. <laughs> Small <Yeah>. world. <laughs> oh great, that's super great. I'm, I'm actually beating him right after I talk with you. <laughs> okay, okay. He's and he's got buddies. Well, maybe because of Stevie Boner or something. But you know, it, I, I think yeah. it's bitching when you know it's community, right? Yeah, okay, so you meet him through Steve, okay. And uh Yeah, and I met him through yeah, I met through Steve Gunn. Yeah, and we just uh you know, we got going and uh what basically set it off really was that we were gonna play we were both trying to get a set at the Cropped Out Festival, uh which they used to have and I think last year was two thousand eighteen. And so uh they didn't have any they didn't have uh, much, almost no space left and they said, Hey, would you guys be amenable to joining a set and we were both like oh that sounds exciting let's do that so uh we went down there and uh we literally got to you know we shared some tracks uh over the the email and stuff and links and then um we practiced for about you know an hour maybe and then did our set um came off great so we were really it was gratifying when that happens so we just had a connection was it scary? Yeah. Jesus, one hour of prac right before? Well, I guess if it's right before, then less chance of forgetting shit. Totally, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, some of the situations are you so don't have any other choice. There's nothing else you could have done. Sure, so right, there's, right. You're, it's almost beyond fear, you know. You just, <laughs> you're just put out there and that's it. You start, you just rev the engine and you start well, going. Let me, I haven't asked you about this, but what about other guitar players? Have any guys helped you out? Uh, people you might not even met, but you like their music. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, I always like to give a shout out first to people like uh, you know who, uh, Eric Susoff was my um, you know main teacher. There was a couple actually, Joe Joe Negri also, but uh, I spent a little more time more with Eric from Pittsburgh, and he was a big influence um, on me in lots of ways, even beyond music, you know, personally and um, yeah, that that kind of way, mentoring across the range in a way. Um, but, uh, boy, yeah, thinking of people out there that, that like, um, yeah, just powerful influences kind of, um, yeah, I would say, man, there's so many, um, I mean, of the, of the giants, you know, Hendrix was of course the early one, you know, and, um, but just to throw things out that come to mind, you know, um, I love Sonny Chirac and, I got um, to meet him once because I I played a gig with him. Yeah. He was really, really kind to me. Oh, that's great! You you guys played. That's amazing. Well, I didn't get to play with them. We shared a stage. So oh, two okay. Separate bands. Yeah, well, but well. but while we weren't playing, he 
mm-hmm. spent a lot of time talking with me backstage. He was re- really kind to me. Oh, that's really great. That's that's really great to hear. And you know uh, where it was at? What, Ro- what's that? I think it was in Rochester. Mm. Oh, in Rochester. Wow. Yeah, it was a weird club. Like It was a weird <laughs> situation, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, because um, it was during the riots in the early 90s, the L.A. riots. So they, they cut the gig out. So... And then they paid us, and I said, "Fuck! If you're going to give us money, we got to play somewhere." In the, I think, yeah, they found some gay, gay disco called Icons or something, and Ika Mouse, and and I got to spend time with Sonny Sharrock, and uh, oh, incredible. Uh, and he, he uh, his heart went after that a couple of years later. Beautiful oh, man, though. Yeah, wow, well, fantastic. What I, about so, uh, Bob well, Fahey? Can I ask you about Bob Fahey? Oh, about um, about Fahey. Yeah, I mean, although I don't, you know, what's funny is I never had a lot of, um, I always played, uh, you know, electric at least as much as acoustic. And uh, although some of the records are folk oriented, I yeah. never actually listened to Fahey. Although what I've heard of him, I've liked, but I shouldn't say never, but I never had his albums and like deeply listened to him, you know. Okay. So I, I, I think I got an influence of, of whatever I garner from a similar world is was probably like from... Um, you know, like um, uh, listening to like Lead Belly and uh, Yarma Kakonin or Kakonin. Sure, Ka- sure. Kakonin, Hot Tuna, Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. And Lead Belly, yeah. he played a 12 string with really high action, I heard. Oh, I bet you he did, man. Those guys, it was like they were uh, they were like uh, some kind of warriors, you know, like with the <laughs> stuff, you know, like. <laughs> but, you know, have you ever heard, you know, he wrote House of the Rising Sun. And, uh, or, you know, the tradition was probably everybody pitched in right everybody was singing songs but it's upbeat it's nothing like the animals version yeah yeah interesting yeah. so yeah, it's upbeat. really interesting it's well, upbeat he was a writer too i mean he wrote that tune in the pines you know and the, the oh Nirvana. all kinds of stuff i mean he went to jail for yeah. killer, but, but it was uh, kind of joyous it's always on the upbeat it's not this uh yeah. kind of uh, dirge kind of thing look a land of plenty this sounds like something you did live with uh riley walker that's right. Yeah, that was an album we did called Land of Plenty, and that was uh, interesting listen. because it was all original stuff that was just, you know, performed recorded live.
According to the solutions of the international market, India's economy is more than three times as large as was previously estimated. These categories economies are six to America, Japan, China, Germany and France. And I report that places in the
Watch for Pedro's show. Last music for this edition. Bill McKay and Riley Walker. Land of Plenty. Then Mike Adams had his honest weight with I Love a Parade. I think Thor Harris is doing drums there. Austin. Only now featuring Sheila Bringy. Glory. And then Ernst Corral with Cassette Field Recordings. Thailand, 1993. I think this is from that JMY uh, compilation. And finally, Bill McKay, Scarlet's Return. So tell me about Riley Walker. Ah, nice, nice. Oh, Riley, man, we met at a party in uh, 2015, not long before we recorded that Land of Plenty album. And uh, yeah, we just, you know, we just hit it off and started talking. We just heard of each other, you know, through the circle, through the vine. And um, we uh, basically... Uh, yeah, we just had a, a kind of a good laugh at this party meeting and, and just talked about jamming. And then shortly after that, you know, we got together at my house and um, yeah, things just kind of rolled from there. You know, we've done the we've done the um, the two records together and then another, uh, you know, c- CD actually was recorded by Brent. Brent uh, good, 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 good sight. It means good, good time sight. in German. Yeah, thank you. So there's, you know, and we've He's done, a great um, cat. You know, uh, I collaborate. He's, he sent me some uh, drum uh, track, some rhythm track, and I put bass on it. And we, I collabed with him, just like that. Uh, very very cool easy one. cat. Yeah, very open. And he said it was a trip for very him, nice. too, because he said, man, the track I gave you, I thought it was going to be all heavy and down. And you put, yeah. well, I put a James Jamerson, a happy Motown, you know. Oh, that's what nice. I was feeling, but it shows yeah. you the gap, right? Now, if yeah. he would have gave me the music with instructions, yeah, maybe. But he just gives me the music. So that was my yeah. honest take. So when Mike Riley gives you some, yeah. is it the same yeah. kind of trip? Um, you know, I don't, we haven't quite worked that way. Everything we've done has been either, you know, uh, like played mostly. Uh, we've been, you know, for the Spider Beetleby album and the other one, we kind of wrote them around a coffee table with the two guitars and that kind of thing. And then we've improvised a lot together. So it was kind of that thing. So I guess the mood was apparent, you know. <laughs> you guys are more together. Yeah, this is me getting something from a stranger, right? Yeah. And I only and know I, it by the music. Totally. And, it, and I think and when it was that so, happened, such a trippy thing to read his email saying he thought it was sad and stuff. And then here's my bass line. He says, I got a whole different idea. Now I know how to mix it. Right. <laughs> so, you know what? We could have never known, right? Because we didn't really exactly. know each other. He was He's a guest on the show. Open up for collab. Fuck it. Right, do it. Yeah. Why does exactly. a dog lick his balls? Right, because he can. Right. <laughs> There's no other reason. <laughs> so, what do you got going right now, Bill? What's the next musical uh, adventure? Oh man, well, um, let's see. The main things are uh, that I'm, you know, I'm writing stuff for a, a, a record down the line, not too long from now. It's, you know, that's exciting. I've got some material and different songs I'm looking at. And then I'm doing a, also I've got a, uh, a couple different, you know, kind of poetry books in the work that are going to come out or writings. I almost prefer to just call it writings nowadays because the forms are kind of diverse, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple books of writings that are in the works um, or one, one's done. What's in the works is the, the whole apparatus of getting it out there. Do you have but, a place uh, on the internet that so, people can find you? Yeah. And I put out, um, yep. And there's, um, there's a couple, um, things, uh, coming up yeah and stuff's going to be on there you'll you'll no, see do you some... have a website is what i'm asking you yeah no i was going to get to that yeah there's a bunch of stuff on there called it's uh just bill mckay with you know with two a's like you said like steve mckay from the right right b-i-l-l-m-a-c-k-a-y.com 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And I'm keeping it pretty updated. All the links to all the recordings are there. Oh, and that's great. Bill. Press, press, and everything. You know. When you get this new record out, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk Absolutely. about it? Oh yeah, I would love to, Mike. It's such a great uh, pleasure and uh, honor to talk with you and and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, yeah, I look forward to doing it again. Yeah, yeah. Please keep Big on time. keeping on, Bill. Thanks, brother. You too. You okay. too, Mike. Thanks for having me and. Uh, I hope promise. to uh, hear hear and see you in the same room before long. Okay, probably in March with Mike Baguette. I'll be at the Empty Bottle. Oh, in March? Yes, I saw that. Okay, okay I'm, so come come say hi to what? I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna say hi. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> People, it's been uh, November one, twenty twenty one. You just want Peter should keep you powder dry.